Hello and welcome to Enlightened Empaths, your community for the spiritually awakened. Today we're going to be talking about how to take action on your New Year goals. It's always an important part, isn't it, Denise? Because we have all these great ideas and these wonderful resolutions and we're like, this is my year, I'm going to do this, this and that. And then somehow it doesn't actually happen. So we want to talk about some of the things that might be holding you back from really and truly achieving what you want to and need to co-create for yourself and the best year you can have. Right. And we, we've talked about manifesting. We've talked about goal setting. We've talked about doing nothing. And I think sometimes for some of us, procrastination or imposter syndrome or am I enough? Am I not enough? Am I too old? Am I too young? All of that stuff can get in the way and will keep deflecting what we really may want to be doing or feel in our hearts we're supposed to be doing because where we might say, oh, this is important, but it's not urgent. I'll get to it eventually. And I think kind of looking at that a little bit and figuring out, you know, why do we make these excuses when we really do want to make these changes in our lives? And I think it depends on your personal situation. It depends on situations or experiences we've had. It can be things you've been telling yourself or that someone else has told you over the years. But the bottom line is putting that to rest so that you can move forward. That's a gift to yourself in this coming year. I think there's sort of a talent to setting goals as well. You have to really think about is this a realistic goal? And so I think it's always crucial to break your goals down into smaller steps so that you can celebrate smaller victories to get to your bigger victory. Right. And I mean, there's, there's some pretty common reasons why people make excuses or procrastinate or hold themselves back. And, you know, the number one is, are you afraid? Are you, is it something out of your comfort zone? Is it venturing into the unknown, which can be really scary? and very, very, very uncomfortable. So one thing you can do is educate yourself about a challenge or do the research or thinking, I really want to start a spiritually based business. Look and see how other people are doing it, not in a comparative way, but realizing why not me? And I think getting over that feeling of fear is a huge, huge first step. Yeah, I do too. And you're right. Research and education are two of the biggest tools we have to get over those fears. And look, for resources right where you are. Like every every small or large city should have a free small business resource where they offer webinars and classes and even counselors to help you get a small business off the ground. So whatever your goal is that might be marred by fear, look into it and research it so that you can see, oh, this isn't so scary. I can do this. Exactly. And another reason can be you don't want to fail. And a lot of the big coaches or motivational speakers or people who we see as inspirational uh, will say failure is just part of the game. I think it depends on where you are in your life. Like when you have little tiny kids, you want to be a great mom or a great dad or a great parent, and you have a different benchmark of what failure would look like. If it's in your career, did I make that next level? Am I the supervisor? Am I the CEO? It's unavoidable. We're going to fail at some things in our lives. And I think sometimes that's so aversive for folks that they won't even take a risk or even try anything 
because they don't want to fail. Equally, with so much stuff blasted on social media, it's not like we can fail in, in private anymore. That's true. Nothing feels private anymore. No, but learning from your mistakes of similar to, I'm going to use the analogy of starting a business, you try it, certain things work, certain things don't. So there's always that inherent failure that's going to be in anything. You're, you're trying to lose a lot of weight and you do well and then you backslide or, or quitting a, an addictive habit or feeling more confident or, or putting out a book or it doesn't matter. Whatever it is that you're afraid of being exposed or vulnerable or failing, I think that that's really, really important to look at that in, as you move forward and say, is, this, is it worth the risk? I also think that when we hide our failures, they become bigger, they loom larger in our head. But when we own them and talk about them and explore them and share them, then we have control over those perceived failures rather than them controlling us. And it allows us to really look at that quote unquote failure and say, did I really fail there or was I learning? Like, you know, for years, I thought that I failed as a writer because I couldn't get this one book published. So I put that book away and started a new one. And with that process, I learned how to write query letters. I learned how to submit. I learned how to get feedback from agents. And then with the next project, I learned how to get an agent. And now I finally have an agent. So you could look at all those steps I took to be a writer and say, wow, you really failed there. But when I started talking about it more with people and owning it and saying, yeah, that first book was really not good, and but I learned this, this, and that. And with the second book, I learned this, this, and that. I saw that it wasn't really failure. It was learning. And with each, you know, quote unquote failure, I learned how to be a better writer. All of that reminds me of one of my favorite quotes by Samuel Beckett, you know, where he says, ever tried, ever failed, no matter try again, fail again, fail better. That's, that's inc incredibly poignant for what we're talking about as well. And risk, taking that risk, in order to get the reward, there has to be a risk. It's almost like they're inseparable. So what possible reward can I get for taking this size risk? And if the long-term risk of eating something unhealthy versus the reward of something that's so delicious you can't even stand it. Or the risk of being embarrassed by asking for a raise or the reward of actually getting it. So making, even on a daily basis, starting to be more aware of what's my reward at the end of this and what little risk or can I take that I might fail, I might not, but it's going to be a stepping stone to getting closer to what I really want to bring into my life or what I want to experience. Yeah, I think that's so important is to really evaluate not only the risk, but going back to your first point of the fear and looking at, is this risk worth facing my fear? And sometimes the answer is yes. And sometimes the answer is no, because you have to come at it in a different way. Like when I was done having children and <laughs> decided to actually get into shape again, I, w I got this gym membership and I just didn't go. And I was like, why am I not going? And I realized it was because I'm that person in any exercise class that the teacher calls on, you know, like she'll, no matter what exercise class I take, whether it's Krav Maga or yoga or Pilates, I'm always the one that the teacher's like, you need to do it this way, Samantha, or your leg needs to go a little bit higher here, or your arms aren't in the right position. And I always felt called out and it was 
I just did not like it. I didn't feel like I belonged there. And so I thought, all right, well, that's not working, but our end goal is still the same, get in shape. So how can we do this in a way that's comfortable? And that's when I started working out at home and, you know, just going on those really long, fast walks around my neighborhood. So sometimes it's just shifting the action steps you take to the goal. Exactly. Another reason that we might hold ourselves back or procrastinate or not step forward can be not knowing what to expect. And that's uncomfortable as all out if you don't know what you're getting yourself into or you're unsure of how to do that. But in reality, we won't really grab it because we're unsure of what that even looks like. So it's more like that if-then kind of an attitude. So um, not knowing what to expect is a huge, huge part of holding yourself back because you might assume something's going to go a certain way and it's not. No. And I think that's why it's important to just dive in and figure it out as you go along, but to invest in yourself and trust yourself enough to know that you will. And also this is why reflecting on past successes and past perceived failures can be so important because if you look back at your life and other risks that you've taken, let's say they didn't work out, but you still landed on your feet somehow, right? Right. And so taking time to look at, okay, I always pick myself up again. I'm going to do it this time too, even if it doesn't work out the way I want. But it's worth it to break out of that cocoon or to break out of the routine that you're in now that's not bringing you happiness. Again, that jumping to conclusions of, if I do this, will I become a certain person or will I acquire certain mannerisms? I think for abundance and wealth, that's a biggie for a lot of people is, will I change me? Will I lose myself in the process? Oh, I better not become abundant and wealthy and and self-sufficient financially because I'll become that person that I don't respect. If that's been a message that you've been giving that all people who have wealth are, if that was a message you were given as a child, or if it's I can't not do that because people who are creatives, they're not really working. I mean, you can make you can make it whatever you want it to be, but I think it's those messages and assumptions that will keep us limited. And having a specific goal, we've talked about this one a lot. Is it specific? Is it measurable? The difference between I want to lose weight this year and I'm going to lose 10 pounds in the next six weeks. If you don't have a clear destination or a clear goal in mind, it's easy to make those excuses to avoid doing anything or taking any steps forward. But when you have a sp- when it's more specific, you're less likely to come up with an excuse. As you said, skip the gym or eat the junk food. Vague goals aren't going to get you very far. So, and not to the point where it's so tight that I was talking with a friend of mine, I was talking about being more mindful about eating. And she laughed and she said, so are you going to get to the point where you're counting out five almonds? And I said, no, but I want to be more aware that I'm putting the almonds in my mouth. No, I think that's I think that's a wonderful point of making specific goals, but not so specific that you're hemmed in by them. It has to be comfortable to you. And this is why I think it's good to start small. If you've tried if we go back to our exercise goal, if you've tried to lose weight or exercise in the past and it hasn't worked, start small and say, okay, my goal is to drink eight glasses of water every day this week and be more mindful of what I'm eating rather than putting a specific weight limit or exercise hour on it. But it has to be a goal that you're excited about, that you feel is achievable, 
and that has, I feel, a time limit on it. And this next one, I think as empaths, really hits home. You're afraid, you might be afraid of making a mistake. So that's different than fear of failure. That's a completely different animal. But when you're, if you've been worn down or if you're shy, introverted, self-conscious, or you're afraid of being in the limelight, or it doesn't really matter what we want to define that is, but making a mistake might, or you might have perfectionist tendencies. Mistakes are really valuable though, because that, it, it goes back to what you said about the book, about your writing. It allows you to consider other ways and it's added strengths to your character. It's given you more skills. And when you see the mistakes as being beneficial, you can embrace them and it will, there won't be the excuses to avoid the mistakes. You'll use them as a learning tool to, to step more fully into what you really want to do and what you want to attain. I think mistakes are great. I really do. I think we can learn so much from our mistakes. And if we embrace our mistakes, as well as the times we get it and do it perfectly right, then we're just always learning and growing. Again, I think it's how we frame everything. If you put yourself on this pedestal where you have to be this, do this, achieve that, you're never going to get up on that pedestal. But if you frame it in the, in the view of we're all at this school called Earth and some of us are great at math and suck at English and some of us are great at foreign language and stink at science. Okay, so I'm great at achieving A, B, and C. I need to work at getting better at D, E, and F. And you just look at it as a learning process and go gently on yourself. This whole process will be so much easier and allow you to get into the flow of manifesting. Okay. And now this also goes back to, I've said this over and over about how every year I want to learn something new. And it's usually something that's way out of my comfort zone. So I pull in the fear and the anxiety, all those things. It's just, I don't know, maybe it's a thrill seeker kind of thing. I don't know. But you're spot on with that about learning something new and loving that learning process as well. Because if you're so like if you're curious and you're you're uh, so you want to do this, you want to be. I mean, it doesn't matter. You want to get to the next level in your yoga practice, or you want to uh, learn Tai Chi, or you want to learn a new language. But always that learning allows you to make the mistakes because you give your per- yourself permission to be a beginner. And maybe if we couch it in those terms of I'm starting out on this, I'm not going to be any good, but I have to start somewhere. Yes. Because you can learn to do anything if you put the time in. Yeah, that's right. That's what that movie, um, what's it called? Groundhog's Day. That movie really taught me that. If you have time and desire to learn something, you can learn anything. Okay. But if you have, as we've said, chances are I am not going to start doing backflips at this time in my life. That shit's never happened before. It's not going to start now. So could I learn the process? Could I visualize it? Could I see it? All the things we've talked about over these past several shows. Yes, but my physical shell, it would take a lot of inspiration for me to be doing a ballet. Could it happen? Maybe if I did it every single day and fell a whole lot of times. This is just that other part of my brain kicking in there. There is some realism with this as well. But if it's something that you really, really want in your heart, you'll find a way to make it happen. That's that's the key. Even if it is backflips. Remember that 80-year-old I sent you her website? She oh, started yes. in shape when she turned like 75. And I think she's doing backflips now. 
Oh, well, but you have to I have a new goal. There you go. (laughs) I think this next reason is huge, huge, huge for so many people and not so much for me anymore, but in the past, it, it, I think it's just a natural part of being a human being is comparing yourself to somewhere else or to someone else or comparing yourself to where someone else might be on their path. And that can be fearful. Am I being compared? Am I enough? And this might limit you with what you're charging for your services or asking for that raise or uh, putting yourself out there uh, in a dating situation. But when you're looking at who someone else, and this comes with that energy we've been talking about a lot lately of, am I stepping into my true authenticity, truth, and and why I want to be on the planet, how I want to experience it. And if you're constantly comparing yourself to where someone else is on the path, you're keeping yourself stuck in limbo. Comparison is the thief of joy. It's never, ever going to get you to where you need to be. We are all on our own path, on our own journey. And when we compare ourselves to others, not only do we limit ourselves, but we limit other people as well. I agree with you. And some of the pitfalls of of that comparison are we might see the end result, but we don't see the effort that went into that. I had someone make a comment recently about where I am with my business and almost like a magic little fairy popped out of the ethers and said, oh, Denise, you're going to have a business and not looking at how many decades I've been doing this work and how much has gone into it. And that sounds self-righteous and I don't mean it that way. But we don't know what someone else has put in. So when we're comparing ourselves to their end result and saying, oh, I really want that, we're only seeing the success, but we're limiting our own. The myth of the overnight success. Yes. Yeah, it doesn't exist. And you and I have taught this a lot in our mediumship class. Do it your way. We'll give you a foundation of skills. But when you come from your way to connect with spirit or your way to to do any kind of work, and this applies to whether it's riding a bicycle, being a medium, being a physicist, when you're doing it from your truth you're and, and stepping away from that comparison, there's an authenticity. You, it can't be replicated. Yeah, there's a unique expression that comes out of each of us. And when we compare ourselves to others, we're not seeing the unique talents that are dying and crying to get out of us. Exactly. And it's also a waste of time because all the time you could be building your own direction, self. If you take away from, well, I don't really care what they're doing. That's their path, not mine. Because it's going to take the joy out of what you're actually achieving if you're constantly thinking about where someone else is on their path. I don't think it's sending out good juju, do you? No, I don't think it is. I don't. And I think if you're comparing yourself to someone else who's in the same career field or age group or what have you, you have to look at what's really important to you. Because, you know, I I look at my life and I think there are so many other areas I could be doing more, succeeding more, but it always comes down to my family. And that's always my number one most important thing. And so I'm happy to say no to a lot of things. So I have time for my family. So you have to look at what's your true priority. And if you've been giving your all to that true priority and some other things have fallen to the wayside, in my book, that's okay. Might not have those same priorities that you have. And so it's just different. It's so different. And we don't know what's going on in anyone else's life. 
it always looks rosy and shiny on the outside, right? It does. And I, that one for me really, I think, ties in a lot of the other things we've been talking about as far as limiting ourselves. Because if we see something or hear someone else's story or whatever, we may think, well, who am I to think I could ever achieve that? You can look at it as an excuse or self-sabotage or whatever you know name we want to give it. But it's sad to think you're giving away your turn by thinking someone else's life is more than what yours is. It really is. And it's kind of mocking yourself and, and not seeing who you really are and the beauty and the joy that you give to others. One of the messages that comes through so often when I do readings is the loved one on the other side will say, I didn't know until my life review that I was such a good person. <laughs> you know, yeah. haven't you heard that before where they're like shocked that the small little things that they did for other people meant so much. And I think it's great that they finally realize that when they get to heaven, but wouldn't it be great if we could realize that now while we're here? Then past that fine line between being afraid it's going to be coming from a place of ego and, hey, look at me, rather than just who we are and accepting it. Exactly. And you just don't know what's going to come from that. I mean, there are so many times when you and I finish a show and I think, what did I just say in that hour? Is that going to help? <laughs> and yet, you know, we get so many lovely emails from people that are like, you know, just you guys being vulnerable and real has helped me so much. And so I think I've had to learn to just trust myself and just share what's going on in, inside of me and, and hope that that is helping others to connect within their own selves read this beautiful thing right around the first of the years that someone posted and it was talking about the comparison, but it said, don't look back at, I'm going to paraphrase this. Don't look back and think about all the times you didn't swim because your thighs were too jiggly or you didn't take that risk to go on the trip because you were afraid that you wouldn't be able to. And it just went through all the things that we convince ourselves or we hold ourselves back from doing and exactly what you're just saying, when you get to the end of the game and look back, will that be something to say, wow, I wonder what would have really happened if my life, if I'd been brave enough to do that or to have more joy, to have more fun? Because after what we've all been through these last several years, and 2020 was kind of a culmination of that, I think we're ready for more joy and ease. And part of that is self-acceptance of saying, I really want to go for this goal, or I really want to try this, or I want to take this risk, and I can't look at whatever how someone else is doing that because I have to do it my way. How many people do you know who just go to work and come home and watch TV? More in my old life than in my yep. life now. Yep, exactly. But there are so many people, and that's all they do. And I think, don't you have any, uh, you know, aspirations and I don't know. It, it freaks me out that there's so many people like that. And yet I just started um, reading a new cozy mystery series about this Scottish police officer named Hamish. But anyway, um, he has no ambition. All he wants to do is do his job and have time to go fishing. And he keeps losing girlfriends because he has no ambition. And it's made me think, because I've always had ambitions. I'm always seeking goals. I'm always striving for the next ring on the ladder. And 
reading and listening to these, I mean, they're just silly, you know, popcorn mystery novels, but they're, they're fun. And, and it just made me think like, what, what would that be like to not have any ambitions? And is that the goal? I mean, truly, if you think about it, go to work, go fish, relax. That could be someone's life well lived. I know. It might not be ours, but that comes back to the comparison of because someone does it a different way, that's their their choice. But I think sometimes people will numb out because they're unhappy and so overwhelmed. So the job isn't where they want to be the family life or the relationships or whatever may be lacking. So it's easy to fall into that pattern of getting on the treadmill, get up, go through the routine, do the same stuff, collapse, do it again. That's, that's so debilitating. Right. Remember, I think I told you this story and I was sitting around at a, at a dinner party type thing. And, and I was telling everybody that I had just assigned my students in my English class there's the famous story of how Ernest Hemingway was challenged to write a complete short story in six words. And I think he was like sitting at a bar and he did it in like five minutes and he wrote baby shoes for sale, never worn. <laughs> yes. So I had my students, you know, try to write their life story um, in six words. And it, the responses I got were interesting. And so I'm telling the story at this dinner party. And one of the guys there who just worked all the time and his whole job was, you know, provider for the family, which is a beautiful job to have. But he was just in that, you know, we all get stuck in that stage of our life where we feel that's all we do. And he said, I can summarize everything I do in three words. And I said, go for it. And he said, rinse and repeat. Oh, I know that made me so sad. And I thought, I've thought about it many times over the years because I've gotten into times of my life where it does feel like rinse and repeat. So I understand that completely no judgment. And this is why I think if we can get over these self-sabotaging limiting beliefs, we can get out of those rinse and repeat ruts that we can often find ourselves in. Okay. And this is where it's really hard for me to understand that someone, like for, for that person, the way you just uh, the tone and inflection with it, uh, it doesn't seem like that person was happy with the rinse and repeat. But there are people who love, love, love that structure, that routine. I get up at the same time, I do this, I go to work, I put on my same, and they that's the way that they're wired and they want to go through their time on the planet. I try not to be judging. Why don't you want more? Why don't you want to explore or grow or evolve? And so if you're, if you're, in a situation where you're feeling at odds with what someone else in your life may be viewing as their life path, this, this is a good way to come back and refocus on you and say, okay, is this where I want to be and what I'm supposed to be doing in my own heart? Well, and it can also be a great way to figure out what you really do want. Cause we get a lot of emails from listeners saying, you know, love the show, the topics and everything you discuss. Every time you guys talk about setting goals, I don't know what I want. Right. And so that's a problem I've never had, but I can't understand it. And I think what's important when you're in that rut or that stuck area of your life where everything is the same and you want something different, but you don't know what, look at parts of your day or parts of your work that bring you joy. Towards the end of my teaching career, 
you know, it just was feeling stale and flat to me, which really shocked me. And I remember sitting in my cozy little office and thinking, okay, what's my favorite part of my workday? And my favorite part, my office was really small, but I made it my own. I had a little lamp on. I always had NPR on and was listening to soft classical music. And my favorite part was sitting in that office and either grading papers or researching essays and articles for future teachings. And I realized I like to work alone. I liked a peaceful, calm, quiet environment. And I liked things that enabled me to research and teach. But the whole political crap, the stupid meetings, the committees, like all that, I hated. And I didn't know what that was going to look like. I just put it out there. I just would talk to God all the time. And I would say, I know I I know I want freedom over my schedule. I know I want to work by myself for myself. I know I want to do something that's teaching, but not in this area, arena. So this is what I put into your hands. And in return, you know, I will do your will. And a whole new career evolved out of that. I didn't know it would look like this. So I think sometimes when we just isolate what are the parts of my life that bring me joy and how can I do more of that and just surrender that following the steps one at a time, the synchronicities, the ideas, the moments of inspiration, the people we bump into, the experiences or dreams that just pop into our head, it will lead us to what we're supposed to do. You don't have to always know what your goal is. You can just simply surrender and pray for that guidance. Very, very well said. And you nailed it. You surrendered. You got out of the way and you let something bigger and better come into your life, which is so key. Another reason you may be making excuses, holding yourself back, not stepping up, is protecting your identity. And I think this is huge, huge, huge for so many of our listeners who want to uh, come out of the psychic closet or step more fully into a spiritual based business or lifestyle or who are doing something alternative from their family of origin. I spoke with someone recently who came from a very, very strong uh, religious background and is highly, highly intuitive, a natural medium. And this person was so, she said, I have to protect my who I really am because my family would pretty much disown me. They, they could never, ever embrace this. And so that's a, an extreme example. But sometimes we do want to protect ourselves because, you know, physically, emotionally, mentally, we, we're, we want to be safe. We want to feel like we're okay. And if you are stepping so far out of your comfort zone or taking these risks or doing something different that people might say, well, why are you doing this? This isn't you. When in actuality, it's the truest expression of yourself. When you left your teaching, it took a while to be able to release that, that who you were and what you did and how you did it to become this next manifestation of who you really are. Yeah. And it was, it's still scary sometimes, you know, sometimes I think about everything that I gave up in terms of safety and you know, health benefits, insurance, and uh, retirement packages and all of that. And yet, life has taught me that very often the things we're most afraid of 
is exactly where we need to go. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's important to sit with that fear, dissect it, and really look at it and think, what is this fear? If if it's so scary to be your true self, well, you need to look at that. That's telling you something. Right. So one of the things that's been coming up for a lot of people lately, and I think it's part of the results of, of being in a worldwide pandemic of the world being kind of upside down is just not feeling motivated, not feeling inspired, not feeling it, it's very much the blunt version is, well, what, what the hell's the point? And I think finding being stronger than your excuses to get past that. But this is goes back to what you had said earlier of taking a little step, finding anything. If instead of saying, there's no way I'm going to lose X amount of weight, I'm not even going to bother, break it down, or I don't have the stamina to, to physically do that. Add five steps a day, 10 steps a day. But I think finding something that you want to get up for in the morning is crucial. It is so crucial and will help with that motivation to move forward. I think that's really important and to look at the end result because some of the things that we might be setting as goals for ourselves in this new year aren't fun, right? Like who has ever had fun losing weight? Who has ever been like, these raw carrots are wonderful, so much better than chocolate bars? No one. (laughs) But if you focus on the end result of how you'll feel and how much healthier you'll be, when you've achieved that goal, it that can motivate you. I, I don't know anyone who has really enjoyed interviewing for new jobs. I mean, maybe there's some super extrovert out there who actually enjoys that process, but I don't think there are listeners. <laughs> I know I've never enjoyed that process. But again, if you focus on the end result, that can be a motivating energy that you need to get you to where you need to be. And personally, I think the lack of motivation can tie in with some of the earlier things we talked about of fear, of exposure, of vulnerability, of uh, protecting your identity, of comparing yourself to others. And it's easier to just not do anything and say, I'm not motivated to make those changes. But the reality is underneath that, it's coming from a place of one of these other things we've discussed. Yeah, that's a really, that's, that's really, really true which is why unpacking all of these emotions is so important before you just start taking action towards achieving them. Right. And I think we can always, always find a reason why not. As far as I don't have the money, I don't have the time, I don't have the education, I don't have blah, blah, blah. And and I'm being kind of facetious with that, but that's a mindset that will keep you on that loop tape. And Personally, if again, personal opinion, if you really want it, you'll find a way for it to happen. So there's a, a woman that I worked with years ago, and she had uh, she cleaned houses, and she was really good at it, and she had her own business. And then she got her children, where she ended up uh, alone raising her children, and she got a job working in a school district as um, an ed tech, a paraprofessional, an aid, whatever, wherever you are in the world, they they'll call it something different. And in the course of, and this always astounded me, in a, she started there and literally within like a 10-year period, she became the director of 
like a high administrative level. And she kept stepping in. She had that mindset of, I, I want to be, uh, I want to be a teacher. She didn't have the background, the degree, but she worked on that. And it was just like the spirit put the stepping stones out of, okay, well, the teacher left went on maternity leave that she was working as a paraprofessional with. And they said, okay, well, you can take over the class as a long-term sub. Oh, by the way, why don't you get your classes you need at the same time? Became a teacher, then became an assistant, then became, but it was just, it's that mindset of, she never, ever, ever looked at it of, I'm not smart enough. I don't have the degree. I don't have the background. She just knew what she wanted and went after it. I think that's a big lesson for some of us. Okay, yes, I'm holding up the mirror here. Who may find a reason, well, I can't do that because of I live in a rural location or because of my background or my age. All, all They're all excuses. That's all they are. They really are. And sometimes they're excuses and sometimes... They might be facts that we have to accept and realize and look at in a different way. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like, I used to teach developmental English at the community college. So they were not college credit classes. They were classes that students had to take in order to get into the college level classes. And those kids hated taking those classes. And I had one student who had failed that class three times. And she came to my office crying and she said, I just don't think I'm smart enough. I just don't think I can do this. And I said, well, what do you, what do you really want to do? Like, what's your goal with this degree? And she said, I simply need this associate's degree to open up my own daycare center. And so I talked to, to her about creating a vision board of what her daycare center would look like. And, you know, she cut out pictures and she drew things and she wrote images and she put it up. Um, in the bedroom wall and looked at it every day. And that helped motivate her instead of looking at it as I'm not smart enough for this, or I can't even pass this developmental class. She just pushed that all aside and was like, okay, maybe I don't feel smart enough right now, but that's not my goal. My goal is simply to get this degree so that I can open up this business and share my caretaking, nurturing heart with others. And so when she stopped having this goal of I have to be smart enough and just was like, I have to pass this class. That's all. I have to pass this mm -hmm. class. Then she achieved it. Oh, that's a good example. I hope I explained yeah. that right because I'm not trying to you say know. she wasn't smart enough. I mean, what I'm trying to say is she wasn't feeling smart enough and she was feeling as though she had to ace all these classes, especially the developmental one. And I was trying to tell her, you know, you're a single mom, you're taking a bus here every day, you're going to two jobs after this. That None of this means you're not smart enough. It means you've got a lot of crap on your plate right now. Mm -hmm. All you have to do is pass these classes. You don't have to be valedictorian or get on the dean's list. You just have to pass it. No person's going to drop off their kid in your home and say, can I please see your report card? <laughs> <laughs> All they want to know is that you are a good, kind, loving person who's going to take care of your, their child. And that's exactly what you're going to do. So sometimes just reframing it in your own mind is really crucial. I know I'm not, and I know you're not a, as well. I'm going to put the words in your mouth. I apologize for that. In no way, shape, or form are we discounting if you're in a situation where you're in a job that doesn't feed your soul and you really do want to start your own business, but you're saying, I can't yet. I can't right now, but you can. And this goes back to what we 
talked about in a different show, you can daydream, you can start to visualize, you can start to say, what little steps can I take so that I can find the resources? And that might be carpooling and saving some of the gas money. It might be getting up 15 minutes earlier. We've talked about this over and over in different shows. Once you are willing to come out of what has been comfortable in your world, if you've become set in your ways, or you've told yourself it's not a possibility or that I can't change. Is it that you can't change or you don't want to because it's so comfortable? And it, it changes. I mean, I, I like change. I think change is a catalyst to, to evolve and grow, but it also, it's uncomfortable and it takes effort and commitment and it can be hard as hell. So I think sometimes realizing like it, is it worth it to me to take the risk, to step out, to make the change, to be vulnerable? And only you can answer that for yourself, I'd say. But um, when we don't, when we do finally face all these things that we've been talking about, it takes away any reason to not step more fully into your potential or your dreams. You know, and it that might be the your hurdles. Yes. Yes. Because your it could be your career or getting healthier or new relationships. But when you stop settling for less because you're holding yourself back with excuses, then you can switch that into challenging yourself and, and stepping out of that complacency. And instead of being on that loop tape, you can say, now I'm ready. I'm ready to, to challenge myself to take these steps. One of the things that comes up a lot in uh, readings when I'm doing an intuitive kind of thing is something will be so raw or real or true for someone. And what spirit will, will give me is that line of, is this something when you look back, you'll regret? I wonder what would have happened if. And that's a good benchmark to ask yourself. If you're trying to make a decision or you really want something, kind of project out and say, when I get to the end of the road and look back, will I say, damn, I wonder why I didn't write that book or sing that song or hike that trail. Um, I think that road not taken is a big, big, big thing to think about. Well, as we wrap up, tell us some of the steps you take when you achieve your goals. Because as I've said before in this show, you are such a great example of someone who sets a new goal every year and by gosh, you always accomplish it. So like, let's say when you, when you bought the RV and traveled across the country, did you ever have any of these thoughts? Oh, all of them. Oh, <laughs> every damn one. I have shared this is that when I got out at LAX and I got in the Uber, and remember I live in rural Maine, we don't have a lot of Uber here. And I was in the backseat of the car and looked out the window and saw a palm tree and, and literally said under my breath, what the F have I done? Because the reality of all those things came crashing in. And then, it, but, but it was, it, the, the premise to that was I had daydreamed about it. I had done research. I had looked these up. I had compared. I spent months and months and months like looking into RVs and this and what to look for and what to ask about and make sure you check this. So I'd done the research. So I felt 
and that goes back to learning things is it gave me a little bit of a confidence. So usually for me, that's, that's a big part of it. And also not, not wanting to age out and get stuck. And I think when you, if you're at a, a transitional time in your life of push yourself a little bit out of your comfort zone, because the satisfaction you get from that is it's priceless. And instead of fearing the unknown, kind of embrace it a little bit. Because worst case scenario, my, my game plan was, I got there, this is terrible. I get back in an Uber, I ride standby from LAX, and I go home. Nothing yeah. lost, nothing gained. I remember so, you saying that. Right. And, you know, I think for a long time, I kept myself stuck with my goals by blaming circumstances or blaming other people or if my ex-husband hadn't done this or my family of origin or this person or this job. And that's so frustrating and that's going to hold you, you stuck as well. So when you, all of these steps that we're talking about, all of these breaking away from the excuses, they help you to make take more responsibility for the actions that you're making, which is so crazy empowering. Take a little step every day, take some action if you have to do it at the same time, but setting those small little goals that lead up to the big one um, and being kind with yourself when you screw up or make a mistake. But don't you agree though with all of that, that it all leads to believing in yourself a little bit more? Yeah. Believing in yourself and trusting in yourself. And your goal had a small goal and a big goal. You had a small goal of get a great RV and you had a big goal of travel more and become location independent. And I think you kept all of those small and big goals in your mind's eye the whole time you were achieving that. Right. And they were all intertwined. This is an old RV. It's not a big fancy thing. It's just this funky old RV, which I love and it fits me. So that comes back to when you're doing this is what, what is it that, that will make your heart sing? Is it a funky old RV? Is it spending a week on the Riviera? Is it being on the bestseller list? It doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. It's realizing it's okay for whatever it is you want it to be for you and breaking those excuses habit to allow yourself to enjoy life more and embrace more. I I think that's so important. And it's, again, we mentioned this in a couple of shows ago, the importance of setting that goal, taking action steps towards achieving that goal while eradicating these self-sabotaging beliefs in tandem with surrendering what it's going to look like. Right. You know, like I, I have a client and she lives in California and she had about an hour and a half commute to work each way. And her whole goal was to have a new job. And during this whole climate, we've just come out of that just, you know, wasn't happening. But in 2019, she had set the goal of I'm going to get a new job so I don't have a commute. And what happened was she learned to surrender. And now her company has allowed her to work from home. So even though she's like, I didn't achieve the new job, well, she still has a great job and now she can do it from home really what she was wanting to eradicate from her life was that long commute in which she was able to do. So sometimes, again, setting your goal and then unpacking it and thinking, what do I really 
want within this goal. And I don't even know if she wanted a new job. I think what she really wanted was to get out of that car. You know, three hours a day in the car is not good for the soul. Unless you really like it. I just want to end this with, you know, you do have the power to change this by making these choices and these changes and visualize the possibilities. Habits can be changed. They, that, that's all they are is the routines you've fallen into. And if it's keeping you limited and stuck, you're kind of making a choice to, to stay in that place. We manifest every moment of every day. Right. Well, I want to end, I found my, one of my favorite quotes and I want to end the show on this for anyone who's thinking who me or what do I have to offer within all of these goals? There's a quote by Martha Graham that I just love. She says, there is a vitality, a life force, an energy, a quickening that is translated through you into action. And because there is only one of you in all time, this expression is unique and if you block it, it will never exist through any other medium and will be lost. So please, dear listeners, do not block the medium that is trying to be expressed through the gift that is you. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you have a great week. Don't forget, as always, to show up, do great work, and share your light. Take care.